I'm Alia Adenuga, and you're listening to Emotional Resilience for Dancers, a podcast designed to explore how mental health impacts dancers and their ability to thrive in an often very competitive and high-impact dance world. Topics discussed on this podcast will aim to support dancers by shedding light on these issues and will also offer support to studios and teachers by providing education and tools that can be used to help make safer dance spaces. It is the overall goal of this podcast to help studios and dance professionals establish business practices that are more trauma-informed and able to effectively support the mental health and emotional well-being of their students. Thanks for listening. What up, dance fam? Thank you so much for tuning in and listening uh, to today's episode. Today we are um, going to discuss perfectionism and how it shows up in the dance world. Uh, So I really appreciate you guys tuning in to this episode of Emotional Resilience for Dancers. If you don't know, my name is Aliyah Anuga. I'm your host. I'm a licensed professional counselor, dancer, and emotional resilience and creative movement coach. Uh, And I am here on this platform just to raise awareness about mental health and how it shows up in dance spaces and how we can all strive to be better um, and how we manage that and recognize that, right? So today we're going to talk about uh, perfectionism and what that means. Um, But first, I'd like to initially start our discussion with this powerful quote that I found by Dr. Brene Brown. And if you're not familiar with her work, Dr. Brene Brown is a public speaker uh, a research professor, an author, and also a social worker. And she's she's contributed so much to the world of social work and, and counseling. You know, myself as a counselor, she's contributed so much to the work that we do. And so I really, really um, am excited to introduce you guys to um, this powerful quote that she said in, in some of her work. Uh, so the quote is, Perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect, and if I do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame, right? And so what does that even mean? What what does it mean? Let's tease it apart, try to get some understanding. So if we look at shame, the definition of shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So you know, just walking around with this intense feeling of humiliation and feeling of there being something wrong with who you are as a person and the value that you have to add to any dynamic as a person. There's just something very deep-seated about shame and it tends to be very pervasive in that it follows you in every aspect of your life, right? So shame is a big deal. It's a really big deal and it has a way of showing up in that strive for perfectionism. Judgment. Uh, judgment is the ability to make considered decisions or come to a sensible conclusion, right? And uh, looking at the surface of that, that's not a bad thing. You know, judgment isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's, but if you're thinking about it, the ability to make considered decisions or come to a sensible conclusion. If you're functioning from a place of shame or guilt or blame, uh, then you're not able to really make those sensible conclusions because your conclusions are being made on this deep sense of inadequacy that you're that you're carrying. So if you're saying to yourself, I am not worthy of greatness, and you're coming to that conclusion because you're thinking about all the things that you uh, carry within yourself that maintain those feelings of shame, then it's not going to be a sensible conclusion. And so your judgment is completely off, right? Now let's look at blame. 
Blame is to assign responsibility for a fault or a wrong. So I kind of look at blame and guilt as being very similar, right? And we talk a lot about guilt versus shame in mental health. And again, with shame being that sense of there being something wrong with who I am as a person. And with guilt, it's it's a sense of um, feeling like there's something wrong with something that I've done. I've, I'm feeling bad about uh, a decision that I have made or something that I have done or something that I feel I am at fault for. Right. And so when you add all of those things to the dynamic of striving for perfectionism, it's going to cause a lot of distress in your life overall. Now, what is perfectionism? Perfectionism is the refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. And a lot of times we as dancers and dance um, educators, you know, we feel like, okay, I need to strive for this sense of perfection. I need to get as close to perfection as I can. I have to be my absolute best, right? But the problem with perfection is that it does not leave any space for any growth, any error, any lessons that you learn through failure. It doesn't leave any space for any of that. Perfection is just that. Perfection is perfect. It's without any flaws. And if we're looking at looking at it realistically, it's impossible. There's no such thing as anything being perfect, right? And I know that many of us can intellectualize that. We can understand that perfection doesn't exist, but we don't carry that into our practice of dance, right? We can sit here and say, oh yeah, I know that, you know, I know perfection isn't real. I know I can't be perfect. There's no such thing, right? But then we'll walk into a studio and we will, um, we will look at our, our, growth or we'll look at ourselves and we will apply that strive for perfectionism to our practice of dance. And so then we're picking ourselves apart and we are, you know, exceptionally hard on ourselves or exceptionally hard on our students because we're not seeing that perfectionism in this ideal that we've created in our minds. It's not matching up to that, right? And so let's talk a little bit about ways that this is harmful. Um, So perfectionism is not good for our creative health overall, right? Uh, studies have shown that it it actually makes us less pr- productive. We aren't doing the work. Um, a lot of times we, we don't even go after the work. If we're feeling like, you know what, I can't, I can't strive for this perfectionism. I can't reach this level of perfection or I can't reach this ideal. I'm never going to get there. So why am I even going to try? A lot of times you see um, people become stagnant in their creative process because they don't feel that they can attain what it is that they've set out for themselves. It's impossible to reach. You know, so either you see that stagnation of of creative movement or you see um, that it is hindered. Right. So you may go hard, you may go after it, but then you'll you'll stumble every time you're setting yourself up for failure because you can't reach that ideal. It's impossible to reach that ideal. So it's never going to be on the level that you want it to be. So you either respond to that by not trying at all or by trying and giving it your hardest and then beating yourself up because you don't reach it. And so it's harmful to the overall creative process because you don't allow yourself to consider all of the factors of yourself as a whole person, um, you know, that you bring into your creative process to allow you to celebrate that. If you're looking for, no, it needs to just be this. It just needs to look like perfection. It needs to be, you know, absolutely, you know, 100% top notch. And life is not that way, right? And if we're thinking about art, art is supposed to reflect life, right? Like when we are engaging in art or artistic practices, they are reflective of life. They are a mirror showing life back to us, right? And so if we are always striving for perfection and this 
this ideal, then that's not realistic. And when we're shining that back on the people, they don't recognize that because it doesn't exist. Or even further, uh, it they use that as a way to beat themselves up and pick themselves apart because now they don't feel like I can attain that level of perfection, right? So it really is pervasive and it becomes a cycle and it chips away at the overall creative process. Um, perfectionism is not good for um, your physical health. Right. So we all know that it can induce a lot of stress in you and stress is, oh boy, stress will jack you up. (laughs) Stress will wear away at your body. You'll start to get headaches. Um, You know, stress can compromise your eating behaviors like stress takes such a toll on the body. You know, sometimes we oftentimes rather will push ourselves further than we needed to and put further physical stress on the body as we're trying to reach this level of perfection. We're overlooking injuries. You know, we are pushing our students past injuries. We're just taking pain relievers so that we don't feel it. And we're powering through performances and all these things, right? And we're not, we're not taking care of our physical bodies. And we're allowing that strive for perfectionism to become harmful to our vessel that we're using to create our art. It's so maladaptive. It's counterproductive, Right? Because it causes you to not take care of yourself in the way that you should. Because your primary focus is not to be your healthy self, but or the best, you know, version of and the healthiest version of yourself that you can be, but it's to attain perfection by any means necessary, right? Whether that means pushing through an injury or, you know, um, not paying attention to uh, signals within your body that you need to take a break or that you need to take some time to rest, right? It can look like so many different things. Um, For mental health, you know, perfectionism is not good for our mental health because you're consistently functioning in a place of defeat. If you feel like, I can never reach this this perfection, you're always going to feel like a failure. You're never going to get to where you need to be, Right? Because you're always chasing this ideal of perfection that doesn't exist and does not reflect who you are as a person who is a who is a flawed and beautiful and 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 amazing person who is not perfect, right? But we're cutting all of that out and we're striving for this perfection, you know, and we're setting ourselves up to feel defeated all the time and to feel like we're not good enough. And then guess what comes back? Hello, the shame. We go back to that shame. I am not good enough. I have this flaw with me that is not good enough. Who wants to come watch me perform? I'm not good enough. You know, I can never do well in class because you're chasing that perfectionism, right? And so again, it's counterproductive. It doesn't help us get to where we need to be as dancers. It doesn't help our students get to where they need to be as dancers because it's unrealistic and it sets you up to have a very unhealthy um, mindset. To where you're thinking, you know what, I need to be perfect or I'm nothing at all. It's all or nothing. If I can't be perfect, if I can't be the best, then I can't do any of it. I can't do it well. I'm good for nothing, right? You lose sight of who you are and the value that you add despite, you know, the things that maybe you aren't perfect at, right? Um, Now let's talk about cohesion in dance spaces because this is a big one. You know, a lot of times when there is that strive for perfection and praise for what looks like perfection in dance spaces, on dance teams, in dance studios, a lot of times it, it impacts the cohesion at the studio or the cohesion among the team because 
you know, you're going to leave other people feeling shut out or you're going to leave other people feeling as though their art and their contribution to uh, the creative work that's being done is not valued because it doesn't look like this person who's being put on a pedestal who might look more like that perfection and who is not perfection, right? Because again, it doesn't exist. But, but someone who's getting more praise than another or certain dancers that are getting more praise than other dancers, right? And I understand that we often get into these competitive um, ways of thinking and striving to be the best, especially in certain studios and certain dance teams. You want to get out there. You want to be your best. But how do you do that while still honoring the greatness that everybody is contributing in their own unique way to the dynamic of the studio or the dynamic of the team? How do you not... Um, how do you how do you rather um offer praise to you know certain dancers in the studio or certain people who bring certain qualities to the dance team without sacrificing or compromising the values of what other dancers have to contribute right because when you do that it really causes a division it causes a sense of alienation among your dancers um you know, it causes there to be um, issues within the relationships. We're not able to trust one another, um, not able to, you know, ever feel like what you have is, is, is worthy of anything or is valued or is seen, right? Like how many of us have that experience where we're dancing, you know, in spaces and we feel like we're not being seen and we're feeling like we're being overlooked. I've certainly had those experiences, you know, especially when I was doing African dance and I, you know, and it's not that I wasn't a good dancer. We were all good dancers, but there were other dancers who got more praise. And so that it leaves you feeling unseen and it leaves you feeling like what you have to contribute is not valuable. And that's problematic because at the end of the day, you want to feel like your dance spaces are safe spaces for you to go and, and for you to take off the mask of living your day-to-day -day life and going to work and dealing with people, dealing with stresses of life. It's a place where we should be able to take off that mask and be our authentic and vulnerable and true selves so that we can connect to our art in very honest ways, right? So perfectionism absolutely kills a dynamic within a studio or a team, right? It's not helpful. And lastly, overall, the overall quality of your life. If you're functioning in a chronic state of dissatisfaction of your life and your relationships and, you know, your own performance because it's not perfect, you know, it becomes pervasive. You don't see value in anything because it's not what you think it's supposed to look like. I can't tell you guys how many people I, I see in my practice who are like, you know what? I am at this age and I thought that I would have these things in my life by this age and I don't. And so because I'm not where I thought I was supposed to be or where I thought I was going to be at this age, I feel like nothing really matters in my life. Nothing is good enough. And so what that does is that takes you away from being present in what you have right now and what you can be grateful for in your life right now because you're focusing on what you don't have. You're functioning from a place of lack. You're functioning from that place of lack. I don't have this. I am not this. I did not do this well. This is not what it's supposed to look like. This is not the ideal, right? And I talk about it in my own. Like, I I feel like my entire life I was running from who I am and trying to be something that I'm not. I feel like I've thrown myself in so many different dynamics, um, you know, going to college, uh, becoming a member of my sorority, uh, you know, 
getting all the, collecting all the degrees that I got, you know, all of these things that I've done in my life where it's like, you know, once I do this, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be her once I get this, once I do this. Right. And then at the end of the day, when all is said and done, there's always disappointment because at the end of the day, I'm still me, no matter what I do, I turn around there. I am, I'm right there. There I am with all of my flaws and all of my experiences that I've had. They've gotten me here. All the lessons that I've learned, however hard that have gotten me here. You know, I'm not comfortable with that because I want to be that perfect person. But she doesn't exist. She doesn't exist. And it's the same thing in dance spaces. We have all of our lessons in life. We have all of the things that we've been through so that we can apply that to our creative process so that we can impact people with our art. That is the purpose of our stories. And so for you to not see the value in all of the flaws of your own personal story and not think that that is important to be valued as you move forward in your journey to become a better dancer or as you mold the dancers in your studio, then that is deeply problematic. So we need to divorce this idea of perfectionism in dance spaces, right? And so how do we do that? Instead of striving for, this is my proposal, instead of striving for perfection, how about we strive for excellence and for grace, right? So grace is the courtesy of goodwill. It's, it's a kindly feeling of approval and support and benevolent interest or concern. And so it's always coming from a good place. Why don't we extend ourselves the courtesy of goodwill and knowing that we're doing the best that we can, right? And hold space for one another and for our students. You're doing the best that you can. As long as you come in here and you give me your best that you can today, then I value that. Right. I value that it might not be perfect. Let's divorce perfection and let me hold space for you. Let me hold space for myself. Right. Let me always function from a place of goodwill and know that I'm doing my best and I'm going to praise that and I'm going to honor that. And I'm going to allow that to, to fuel me as I move forward in my in my journey as a dancer or in my process of molding dance students. Right. I'm always going to come from a good place. I'm always going to have goodwill. I'm going to push them, but it's always going to be from a good place. Right. And so that takes us to excellence. Excellence is the quality of excelling towards greatness. It allows uh, space for growth along the way. And you're always striving. That's the beauty of excellence versus perfection. It allows space for growth because you're always striving towards that excellence. It's, it's a more balanced and a healthier approach to striving towards your personal greatness as opposed to saying there is no space for any error because I need to be perfect. Instead of saying that, instead of, you know, maintaining that viewpoint, you're saying, you know what, I'm striving towards my, my personal excellence. I'm striving towards being the best that I can personally be, given all of the experiences that I've had and all the things that I might not be so perfect at and all the parts of me that aren't so pretty, you know, they still encompass me as a whole person and all of that deserves to be honored in my art, Right? And so that is my proposal to you, dance educators and dancers, is allow there to be grace and excellence in the place of perfectionism. We need to divorce that idea of perfectionism. I think that we'll see a lot of growth in our students. I think that we'll see a lot of healthier growth within ourselves. And um, as you can see, I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> I'm trying to hurry up and get through it because I have a session coming up so I can't, you know, go off on my usual tangent. But, you know, I really wanted to present 
my dance family with this with this information and to hopefully you know and I know that some of you may really be uh, connected to that idea of perfectionism and it's not something that you will readily give up in your own practice of teaching or in your own practice of dance um, but I certainly want to spark uh, you know some conversation or if anything a deeper you know thought process in it give you something to think about right um, because again, you can still push your students, you can still push yourself towards greatness, but it doesn't have to be from a place of there not being any space for, for error and there not being any space for personal growth and there not being any space for failure because failure is a part of that growth. We don't learn unless we fail, you know? And if we don't allow for space for failure, then we're going to see a lot of defeated dancers and we're going to always be functioning from a place of defeat because why do it anyway? I'm not going to ever be perfect. Why do it anyway? So just something to think about as you all continue to be out there and be great. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. And I hope that this, you know, really gets you to thinking about different ways that we can um, approach dance. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.